Free Trail fam, bonjour from Chamonix, France. Of course, I am your loving host, Dylan Bowman, here to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. It is officially UTMB week, and we are here to enjoy the spectacle and share our love for this amazing sport and this amazing event with you, the global trail running community, trail fans worldwide. This is a special time of year, and we are so happy to be here to enjoy it in person. We're going to be doing a daily show each morning recording in the heart of Chamonix covering all the major stories of this year's race. It is a special week-long series we're calling Good Morning Mont Blanc, which you're listening to now. Each day we'll have a star-studded group of rotating co-hosts to share their expert perspectives about the fields, the conditions, the races, and the results as they happen throughout the week. We're also going to be doing a ton of pre- and post-race interviews with some of the main contenders and the top performers. So make sure you're subscribed here or to our YouTube channel so you don't miss a single second of our coverage. We are grateful for your support. We really hope you'll follow along and share it with your friends. Finally, thank you to Hoka and Camelback for making the shows possible this week. Make sure you play fantasy, fantasy fantasy.freetrail.com for a chance to win prize packages from these awesome brands. Thank you all so much for listening. Have an amazing UTMB week. Good morning, Mont Blanc. It is now Thursday, August 31st, and we are broadcasting, as always, from the heart of Chamonix. I'm joined by two fantastic co-hosts here this morning, Katie Asmuth on the end of the couch. Katie, good morning. Good morning. And of course, my great Australian mate, the one and only Mayo Backhausen. Madge, how are you? Good, Dave. Good. How are you going? I'm going great, buddy. Good. Thank you guys both for coming in. We're going to have a fun conversation here this morning. I've got my laptop open on the arm of my luxurious lounge chair here. We've got the OCC broadcast going on mute, so we might be semi-distracted. It's still very early in the race, so we'll have some live reactions of how that race is evolving, maybe talk about some of the characters in the event, and then we'll sort of preview CCC, and we'll see what else comes up along the way. Katie, this is your first time at UTMB. What are your first impressions? Oh, man. You know, it feels like college, kind of, when you're in your dorm and you, like, see everybody you know constantly. It's so fun. It feels like that because you're walking down the street and you're just like, oh, hey, oh, hey. (laughs) You know, it's like this big community, tons of fun. Uh, Yeah, I, I didn't realize how pedestrian it all was. Like, literally, everybody's just, like, out and about, biking everywhere, walking everywhere, just hanging out. It's been a really good Good time. Super social. I think the most social I've been since college. Yeah. It is a little bit exhausting. It's so fun. It's 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 exhausting. It's really fun. You just sort of tumble into bed every night after doing all these recordings (laughs) and then walking around town and bumping into a thousand people. But it's the best week of the year. And of course, this is your first time. You're coming off a brilliant fourth place finish at Western State. It's probably the best race of your career, I would guess. Facing a little adversity now. You're supposed to be running CCC, so maybe catch the people up on what's been happening since your awesome fourth place at Western. Yeah, kind of a bummer. Like, it's a it's a downer. Uh, Trying not to talk too much about it because it sucks. Um, so I raced states, felt phenomenal, and I came out of that race the best I've ever felt after 100 miles, and I was, like, ready to rock for CCC. By Wednesday after the race, I was like, 
coach, put me in. I'm ready. Like, let's start. I need to grab my poles. Um, and yeah, I did everything. He's like, no, no, you need to take a full seven days. We're doing this right. So we do it. I took, it was about day 10 after Western States felt a little ache. Uh, and right on my navicular bone where I had um, surgery the year prior. And uh, so I went in and to make sure that everything was fine. I'm like, maybe just some inflammation after 100 miles. And no, they were like, the fracture's still there. It never totally healed. And I was like, oh, give me a break. Super bummed out. And you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bummer because I went through surgery and I did all the things I was supposed to do. And I had seven and a half months of like pain-free running and thought I was way past it. So yeah, first injury of my life is just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> not ending, which is a bummer, but yeah. it's all right. It's okay. You know, honestly, it's one of those times in life where you think about why we run right. and like the highs and the lows and we feel all these all the time. I just was hoping to ride the high a little longer. It's funny. <laughs> so, you always have such a positive yeah. attitude. And now this is striking me that, you know, Mael has also been probably one of the most positive influences in my life over the course of the last decade too so it's great that you two are here to share your optimism and positivity even when you're wearing a boot but I also think honestly it's probably good to come over here and not race the first time because you can absorb it you can see the mountains you can walk around town understand the vibe and then when you come back next time you can knock it out of the park you won't have too much of a learning curve. Well, I think there's a shock factor. Like you talked to Hannah Allgood talks about it right like how you come here and you're like I'm prepared I'm fit and then you race it and you're like, oh God, these are like, these ascents just never end. Yeah. These descents never end, right? And uh, yeah, I definitely am getting a taste of that. Um, and we can talk about the big, I went to Cormier yesterday to check yeah. out the beginning of the course uh, for CCC for next year. And I was real humbled. It's good. <laughs> yeah, good. we can really talk good. about that later. But yeah, so it's definitely been a learning experience and I'm I'm really really happy I'm here. It's funny. I've yeah. been talking about this on the show this week, but I came for the first time 10 years ago in 2013, broke my ankle on the first day and then I didn't race obviously. So, we're sort of in the same boat there. Kindred spirits as Yay. always, you and I. My L, dude, it was your birthday 2 days ago. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks, man. And you're now 36 hours away from starting. Is it your second UTMB? Yeah, it would be my third start at UTMB. Yeah. Yeah. So one was successful. The other one, not so much. But can you say that you've run it one and a half times? Or yes. You, yeah, you can. <laughs> because actually you're both parents now. And I got told last night, I was having the conversation with a friend who was like, if we celebrate effort as opposed to achievement, people always go harder and try harder for many more years. So wow. you should do that with your kids and uh, we should do that in the sport a little bit more. So I like it. Yeah, I've done it one and a half times. Don't really want to talk about the half, but the first one was really fun and I'm really keen to do it again. Celebrate efforts, not achievement. Yeah, apparently. Put it on a T-shirt. It's a thing, yeah. Before we pressed record here, I was telling everybody about how it must have been, so you raced in 17, that's the year you didn't make it, right? That's true, yeah. So was it 16, the year that the race was actually on your birthday? Uh, that was 15, yeah. 15. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. It's been a long time, huh? Yeah, for sure. Anyway, I was telling Ryan, Harmony, and Katie here that uh, Mael ran UTMB on his birthday and then wrote a brilliant article about it called UT, my birthday, UTMB. Where was that okay. published if people want to go Google it and find it? Oh, uh, man, that's in some blog on some archive somewhere. Dude, we got to bring it back. It, yeah, free it trail was, website. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll get it up on the free trail website for send sure. Me, send me a Google Doc. Send it to Corinne, actually. She's our editor. So. <laughs> 
Cool. Well, um, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about OCC as it plays out here today, and then we'll preview the action at CCC tomorrow. Uh, first, I do just have to get to our sponsors. Just say a quick thank you to both Hoka and Camelback for making Good Morning Mont Blanc and all of our athlete interviews possible. Of course, Hoka, born here in France and has been around UTMB for the last decade plus since it's the brand's inception. It's been amazing to see how quickly Hoka has grown in the sport over the years. I'm sure it'll be the number one used footwear product out on the course tomorrow. They are doing cool stuff too. Like there's uh, an augmented reality experience you can go check out with Hoka athletes like Jim Walmsley at hokaathletetrainingcamp.com. So please do go check that out. And if you're here in Chamonix, make sure you stop by the Hoka base camp that's stationed not far from where we sit over at the expo. Also Camelback. Camelback, obviously great supporter of the UTMB World Series also. Tim Perry from Camelback was in here yesterday. We had a good chat about the brand, the product, the UTMB partnership, some of the athletes and stuff too. So a big thank you to Camelback for their support. Tonight we are actually going to be over at the Camelback event, which is at the Hotel Foley Deuce here in Chamonix. Myself, Ryan, Harmony will all be there. Maybe Katie and Madge will make an appearance. And it is open to the public, so if you're here in Chamonix... Make sure you swing by 6 to 8 p.m. tonight. There's going to be panels, open bar, previewing some product, too. So anyway, big thanks to Hoka and Camelback for making it possible. Let's talk about OCC quickly. Rugged 50K. I think the, the first iteration of OCC was in 2014. I ran it in 2015. The thing is a monster. And it's so funny because compared to CCC and UTMB, it's sort of viewed as the easy race. Holy smokes. And we're watching these athletes just absolutely redline up and down these mountains right now. Dude, that's it. It's the redlining. They don't take their pedal off the gas. <laughs> and it's it's so impressive. Um, I can't... Who is that in front right now? It's Caitlin Fielder. Okay. Caitlin Fielder's up. Is she in front? No. That actually... Yeah. Okay. So that's it's Caitlin hard to know. Fielder. She's a Kiwi athlete, actually. But she yeah. lives in Girona, right? Do you know Caitlin? Pandora. Uh, I know, like I do know her, yeah. But um, yeah, like you said, she lived in Europe, so I don't really get to catch up with her too much, and unless we're over here. But um, yeah, she's an NZ athlete. She's been crushing it a lot on the yeah the Golden Trail series and things like that. Salmon athlete. So yeah, she's she's a she's a great egg, really, and she's a she's a hell of a runner. She's had some awesome results this year. I think she's been on the podium of like Zagama, and she she was in the just out of the top ten, maybe of um, maybe twelve at like the World Trail Mountain Running Champs this yeah. year in Austria. So yeah, she's, uh, I mean, she's one of the 95 favorites that's on that list. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's but so deep. We'll talk about some of the characters here first, but first let's like kind of set the context of the course here and the weather. I think one of the stories of the weekend is that the weather is really shaping up to be very nice. You'll probably enjoy it. It'll probably be chilly at night, but otherwise it'll be good weather for Everybody would be really pushing out there. It's not going to be a heat management type year here. And it doesn't look like it's going to be wet. So as long as the trails are in good condition after the precipitation that we've had here over the last few days, I think it could be a pretty quick year here at OCC, CCC, UTMB. I'm, yeah, Dylan, what I was going to say is this morning was the first time I actually saw Mont Blanc. Right. And it was actually really kind of a surreal experience because I'm walking into the apartment here and I'm like, we're, we're going for good morning Mont Blanc. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, 
good morning, Mont Blanc, for Literally, the first time. Yeah. She showed her face um, because it's been pretty moody out. I mean, I got in Sunday night late, um, and yeah, it's it's been cloudy, misty, kind of, you can't really see all that you want to see. You know it's behind those clouds, and today was the first day. So they're hopefully going to get some pretty views <laughs> also, which is fun. Yep. Um, but it's not like this like direct hot sun. Like There's like yep. a little bit of cloud layer. I feel like it's a perfect day for racing. Mm. Yeah, so I've got the 10-day uh, weather forecast up here on my computer. So today, expecting only a high of 61 degrees Fahrenheit here yeah. in the valley. So pretty much perfect, especially for these... OCC runners who are going to be on the gas pedal all day, like Katie said. Looking ahead to tomorrow, CCC starts at 9 a.m. local time, I think, over in Cormier, and they're expecting a high of 68 degrees Fahrenheit here in Chamonix Valley on Friday. It'll be a cool evening, likely in the high 40s for you guys, so cooler than that, uh, going up over the high passes, probably low 40s to high 30s overnight for the UTMB runners on Friday night and then Saturday only expecting a high of 70 degrees here in the valley so it's going to be a brilliant perfect day to just be sitting in the village watching people finish which we're all very much looking forward to so that's your weather forecast here and I want to just also talk about the course with the three of you here for OCC first and eventually we'll come around and talk about the CCC course but since the athletes are out there right now we may as well just uh, talk through what they're confronting at the moment. Looking at the course profile here, you can see it's a, almost, yeah, it's, it's not exactly the CCC and UTMB course. In fact, there's quite significant differences. But what is similar is that, you know, the final 50K of CCC and UTMB are three massive climbs. These are three massive climbs. Also, a total of 11,000 feet of climbing over the course of 32 miles. It's a little bit shorter this year. Match, have you spent much time on these trails? Yeah, I've definitely spent time on these trails. It's, uh, and yeah, as you said, Dylan, it's, uh, it's a beast. And, you know, I think it's, um, I remember actually you coming downtown after finishing, like we were finishing in 2015 and you ran into town and you, like the first things you said to me were like, this is so technical. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it sure is, man. It's like, it's just a perfect, um, you know, it's not just 50K, it's in a, but it is also just like this perfect introduction to mountain running in this part of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's a beautiful course and it's, it's exactly what I th I'm sure all these people are, are out here to experience. And like you said, Katie, you come up, you start in Switzerland and you come over the pass into France, down into the Chamonix Valley. And yeah, in that pass, when you come over, you get that full view of the Mont Blanc Massif. And yeah, I mean, today, like you said, it would be so beautiful out there. So yeah, and a perfect day for it. It's going to say, it probably is going to take their breath away. And I'm like, oh no, yeah. their breath's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool. I think um, we forget, I mean, 11,000 feet of gain in 30 Two yeah, miles. yep. That's a hard 50k. Whew. And a yeah. techie. I mean, there's some techie climbs, techie descents. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So. MK Sullivan was in here yes or a couple of days ago, and uh, she alerted me to the fact that the course is actually a little bit different from last year. Okay. So I compared the GPX file that UTMB has made available here for the 2023 course and compared it to Danny Moreno's GPX file from last year. And it is, it does look like it's about three miles shorter this year, but the same amount of climbing. I think oh, wow. they may have made an alteration at Col de Balm. So somehow it's shorter, but the same amount of climbing. So anyway, uh, MK and I were speculating it'll probably be about 30 minutes faster, we think, for the men and women out on the course today. So we probably will see a 
course records fall, even though sometimes those are less mm. reliable here at UTMB because the courses have changed so many times over the course yeah. of the years. So anyway, that's OCC. Again, we've got uh, updates that are going to be coming in throughout the day. Maybe before we start talking about CCC, we can just talk through the current leaders here and maybe I'll just tick through some of them and you guys can add any color. So feel free to pause me if there's names that come up that you want to provide some perspective on. So just going through the top 10 women here, just through the first aid station. That's the only update we have so far. We had Allie McLaughlin in first, followed very closely by Tony McCann and Jen Lichter from the United States, Mao Yao from China, Katie Scheid from the United States, though living here in France, Nuria Jill from Spain, Rachel Drake from the U.S. in seventh, Kate Avery from Great Britain in eighth, M.K. Sullivan in American in ninth, and Caitlin Fielder in tenth. Of course, we just mentioned Caitlin. It looked like she had moved into the lead. Again, this is still very, very early, so uh, we will continue to keep you apprised as things evolve. Any of the women you want to mention there? Any color you want to add? We had Katie Scheid in here the other day. I think she's one of the major stories of the weekend here, coming off a fantastic second place, historic performance at Western States, and now stepping down in distance at OCC. Anything you want to say about Katie? I mean, Other I want to say something about each and every one of those yeah. women. I'm so excited <laughs> about this race. Uh, and it's going to be over by the time you're watching it, so we're not going to spend too much time on it. But Whew. Yeah, I really think the American women's contingent at OCC and CCC uh, is really exciting. The men at OCC, there's not too many American men uh, that, you know, there's like, I think, at least on the ITRA score or the World Series score, it's, you know, I think the top American man was like 16th. And then in the American women, I think there was like six or seven in the top 16, you know? So yep. it's just, we just have a stacked field. I mean, I was really, I'm going for an American sweep. Um, but Katie Scheid, I really think this was a smart move for her because she is, I mean, her bread and butter is in the mountains, yeah. you know, and it, she doesn't need to train in the mountains to know the mountains, right? Like that is her baseline. And after UTMB last year, she said that she just stopped running with poles. It was like all eyes towards Western states, right? So she started, you know, really focusing on speed. Um, she did, you know, the Eco Paris challenge, right? Uh, she was really going for just like putting in, you know, turnover. And she, obviously put in a historic performance at Western States, getting second place, and then coming in here, I think it's just a brilliant move to go into OCC because she's got the legs for, she's got the strength for the mountains, but she needs that quickness that she ha normally doesn't have as much in the sense that she's so focused on mountain races, but she has like amazing 50K results. Mm -hmm. I mean, she has a history of doing these short races too. So anyways, I'm really excited what she's gonna do today. I would not be surprised with a podium finish for Katie and, uh, Possibly a win. Yeah. We'll see. To your point, the American depth on the women's side of this race is spectacular. In fact, according to the UTMB index score, five of the top six overall rated women in OCC are American. Americans. And currently, of those top ten that I just ticked through again, very, very early. And by the time people listen to this, it'll be very different. But five of the top ten through the first aid station... Americans. Again. What do you think, Madge? Yeah, you know, it, adopt America, America is doing really well in trail running these days. It's uh, it's doing great. Um, I believe there's also a South African in there and New Zealander, Spanish. Chinese, so there's a, there's a mix of different continents as well, which is great to see. And I really wish they all have a great run. <laughs> but look, yeah, like it's um, 
Far out. You you read through that list um, before the race, and it's incredible how many names are on there that you recognise, and it's it's really awesome. And it's cool to see someone like Katie drop down in terms of distance and and just do that. You know, look how many people are backing up Western States with UTMB, and and then Katie's just gone and done OCC, and you're like, right on. Yeah. Like, how many people would have asked her? Oh, are you doing UTMB? Like. Thousands of people would have asked her that over the last few months. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh, talking to Petter Engdahl in here yesterday, and I was just sort of thinking through the history here. And Xavier Thevenard, of course, has won OCC, CCC, TDS, and three UTMBs. Yeah. Absolute ledge. But he's won, he's been on the podium of all three of the world finals, OCC, CCC, UTMB. Petter Engdahl reminded me that Mimi Kotka has done that. Mm-hmm. And now this year, Katie Scheid... Uh, Petter Engdahl himself and Ruth Croft all have the opportunity to enter that pantheon of athletes who've been on the podium of all three of the world finals, OCC, CCC, UTMB. Of course, Ruth has won both OCC and CCC, so if she was able to add the UTMB trophy to her shelf, she would enter that Xavier Thevenard category. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if you guys know, but actually Ruth has had to pull out of the, the race this year. Is that official? Yeah. Oh, no. So unfortunately she won't be racing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Which is that. a huge bummer. Yeah. Okay. Because well, she's such a beast. Yeah she, had, yeah. she had suggested something to us uh, earlier in the week, but I wasn't going to say anything publicly, so. Yeah. But she's pulled the pin. Yeah. Well, but I hope she gets well soon. She's such a champion. She's a legend. Yeah. yeah she's she such a why? legend. We're just, we're not going to make that public. Is, yeah. is, uh, she, if she hasn't made it public, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. She just unfortunately won't be able to won't race. Able to race yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. You know, if there's but. anybody, though, that pulls out of a race and comes back real strong, it's Ruth Croft, right? Okay. Totally. I mean, that. I have so much respect for her and listening to her body and her mind. She is at peace with that. She, she has to be. I mean, Ruth totally. trusts herself like no one else. She. Yeah. It should be sh- said, she's a first ballot Hall of Famer, you yeah. know, and she's one of those... Athletes who doesn't seek the spotlight, like it's just a humble, hard work type person, but always does the right thing, always thinks long term with her career. And when she shows up to race, she freaking fights. And so it's too bad to not see her on the start line this weekend. But we wish Ruth nothing but the best. And we know she'll come back stronger for it. Moving on to the men's top 10 here. Again, still very, very early, but this is a fun contrast here. So let me just list the top 10 names and then tease something up for you guys. So in first place through the first aid station, we had Tao Lu from China. Then we had Jeshrin Small, a young American, oh. in second. Steen Angermund in third. Robbie Simpson, fourth. Francesco Pupi, fifth. Yushin Guan, sixth. Arnaud Bonin, seventh. Joaquin uh, Narvez, Argentinian, in eighth. Anthony Felber in ninth. And Werner Marti in tenth. So the thing that I wanted to tee up for you guys here, we just saw five mm. of the top ten women were Americans. Now we have nine different countries represented in the top ten mm. in the OCC for the men. The only country uh, represented twice is China here in the top ten. But otherwise, we have U.S., Norway, Great Britain, Italy, France, Argentina, Switzerland. I think that we need to talk about how this is really the global world championship yeah. for a 50K. Yeah. I mean, this is really exciting. I think, um, and you know, and we'll talk about it when we get to CCC. But there's a lot of double back from Worlds, you know. And I think it's interesting because when you go to Worlds, you've done a qualification with your 
country, right? And then you get to run for Worlds. Here, anybody can show up, right? Well, you know, there's a little. Sure. <laughs> you gotta get your stones. You gotta figure out how to get in. But you're showing up, and it's really, it, to me, this is really become the echelon of the 50K. This OCC race is the championship of the 50K. And this week has become this diverse week of all athletes, of all distances, of all countries, not all, but a lot of countries, you know? And we really have the representation that we've been waiting for. And for me, this has been a pivotal change um, where everybody's coming together to celebrate each distance equally yep. compared to this is we're here only for UTMB. I feel yep. like there's just as much excitement for OCC and CCC and UTMB, and that's really exciting. So. Yep. Badge, anything you want to say on the international representation front as our resident Australian and foreigner on the panel here? Because one of the storylines of the week that Corinne and I were talking about on our first show here was just this. And going back to last year, I looked at the top tens of OCC, CCC, UTMB. And in each of the races for men and women, there was at least six countries represented in all of the top tens. And in some of them, it was nine and eight countries represented, which, to Katie's point, really does drive home the point that UTMB really has become the default world championship where all the best athletes from all different countries assemble in one place. Yeah, I think they've done an incredible job of that. Like, and it's something that they have obviously been intentional about as well i think you know you look at the the world series structure and, and everything that that's become and it really is trying to have a global footprint um you know and i think it's a it's a really positive thing i think it's also going to push the sport to to really make sure that there's offerings in all these places too you know and hopefully lift the level of all all events in all these countries to, to be up to a certain standard. And, you know, how, who knows how far they're going to take it in terms of kind of um, officiating a, a lot of that stuff and and compared to the, the world trail and mountain running champs. Um, but it's like a really exciting thing for the sport. And I think it's great for um, it's great for us because we get to you know, associate with all these people. Like, I'm just here with a bunch of cool Americans. You know, I feel like I'm in a movie show from, you know, I feel like we're, I don't, I'm trying to think of a good movie right now, but this like. This is our movie. This is our movie. And, and so it's like, it's a great thing for us because, you know, diversity is just, it's a thing that exists in the world and we need more diversity in trail running for sure. And I think um, hopefully this just continues to solidify that. We're a global community and we should, you know, be kind and accepting of everyone. And, and yeah, and yeah. this is a place where everyone should feel like they can come and enjoy the outdoors and, and be with good people Heck from yeah. around the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just said, I think entrench ourselves in our community here. I don't know if you guys followed the track and field world championships at all that took place, I think in Budapest or whatever, a week or two yeah. ago. It's just like, how much cooler is this? This is so much cooler, I have to say. Hashtag better than Boston is what we say here at Free Trail. So <laughs> I mean, I will say there's not a lot of East Africans. We don't have, I mean, I'm missing Sumaya Buddha. Um, you know, there's people that have, I, and we're not seeing a lot from, you know, Southeast Asia. We're not seeing a lot from South America. There's a lot, there's big gaps also. So we have a lot totally. of work to be done. Um, I did want to talk about also that this week is something 
unique in our sport in the sense that it also is a trade show. And also mm. you have all these brands, these sponsors that are hosting these athletes' houses, you know, and the, the whole Adidas team's together, the whole Hoka team's together, the whole Kraft team's together. Like it's really exciting to have that that kind of vibe. We oh. don't get that anywhere else. I mean, um, we kind of want to have that with Broken Arrow in Western states, I feel like, to bring in the shorter distance and then the longer distance. But they're different RDs, it's different weekends. It's a, it, it's a, we don't quite have that week-long event uh, festival that we want or that we yeah. talk about. Uh, here we have it. And, and that's really exciting. People from all over the world, all different languages. Um, and, and yeah, I really like that it's also like the trade show too, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, I, this, I like that aspect of it. This is something we talked about uh, yesterday too on the show with Sage and uh, Sally and, yeah. and Billy is like, in the early days when the Americans were coming over here specifically, they'd arrive on Monday or Tuesday and then they'd do big runs in the mountains and then inevitably like kind of fall apart during <laughs> UTMB. And now it's become ubiquitous for runners to be here for a whole month. And like you said, the brands are giving their athletes the resources to be able to come over here to train, to give themselves the opportunity to perform their best on the world's biggest stage. So everybody's invested at this point. I mean, you've been here in the Valley now since Western States, basically. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been in and out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I first came over, yeah, just at the uh, end of July there. Yeah. And you did a lap around the mountain. You did with Dan Jones and Ruth Croft and, and Martin. And Engdale, yeah. And Petter. So yeah. any, any observations about just the energy in the Valley for the summer and... Oh, like these professional athletes who are making this investment. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. And and then you also see, like, you know, a whole crew of people being in teens and, and you know, wanting to train a little bit higher at altitude as well. And, yeah, it's it's unreal, some of the, the support that people are getting. And it's a, it's a great thing. Um, and specifically here in town, it's been manic. Like, it's been so busy. Normally, it's, like, pretty chill and then UTMB week's here and you're like, no, it's UTMB week. Now it feels like the whole month of, you know, July and August is, like, just full on. And yeah. uh, it's it's really sweet. Like, it's it's a... It's really changed since, you know, you said you've been, the first time you came here was 2013? 2013. 2013. year anniversary. Right, like, it's, it's changed since then, like, dramatically. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really become, I think... A, a lot of people back then were saying, oh, this week and, and this summer season is, is getting comparable to the winter season here in Chamonix. Yeah. And now it's like definitely either overtaken it significantly or it's it's really like equal to it. And yeah. that's a huge thing for these mountain resorts and, and valleys like this. Yeah, yeah it's huge. We, we were talking about that too on our history show that we did on Tuesday with Doug Mayer, who wrote the book on the history of the UTMB and the economic impact that it has on the local communities here. And obviously it can expand to a point where it's maybe too big, where it's a little bit too much of a strain on the community and on the resources. And I think arguably it may have grown to that point now. I know UTMB, the race organization, has been really cognizant of trying to ensure that they don't over expand and don't do anything that would compromise what the local community and the local resources can accommodate here. But I mean, it's so much different than it was in 2013, right? I was here as one of the handful of Americans. There was a couple Spaniards in the race, but otherwise it was mostly French athletes. Mm -hmm. And now as we've been talking about, it's so internationally diverse that it's just become like we've continued to say the default world championship. 
Um, let's start talking about CCC a little bit here, but before we do, I want to remind our listeners and viewers to please subscribe to the Free Trail YouTube channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, smash the subscribe button. We would certainly really appreciate it. And if you're listening to this in podcast format, you can also subscribe there. We would definitely appreciate you to follow along with all of our hard work and all the content that we put out. We put a lot of effort into it, and the more people who can hang out with us, the happier we'll be. So thank you for doing that. Moving on. Don't, should we give a plug for Free Trail Pro? Oh, yeah, you should Because also we had a good time last night. Tell the people about Free Trail Pro a little bit, Katie. Okay, <laughs> you should join Free Trail Pro. It's a good time. Uh, last night, we had a bunch of people here. There are people that had never been to the Valley, actually. We had a full-on rager right here last night. Right here. Um, and it was really fun because <laughs> we, we, at one point we were like, all right, everybody raise your hand who's racing. And one person raised <laughs> his hand who had already raced TDS and it was, or no, M- MCC. Anyway, it was pretty epic because, uh, we're all just here as fans and it was, I mean, there's all of us are doing something here. We're having a lot of fun in the mountains. We're crewing. Uh, but it was really a cool community everybody's just like super fans. And so if you're, if you're into trail running, if you appreciate this sort of content, you got to become a free trail pro member. It's really fun. And you join a bigger global community. Um, and the slack has been like a way to stay engaged, like never before, like me, I'm injured right now, as mentioned. And it's just like, it's so fun to stay like you're part of the sport. You're on the cutting edge of everything that's going on. Uh, you feel like you can make community and have meetups in your local community. Um, and it's just, yeah, all the extra articles and podcasts and re- it's an active Rest day pod. Rest day, best day. No, it's funny too, yeah. on the subject of international representation too, just off the top of my head here at the free trail meet, meet up that we had last night. Mad, you should have showed up. I know Mate, you got a big race on it tap, is, That is <laughs> free trail pro. So yeah. you you got to avoid the parties if you're racing because they <laughs> go hard. Yeah, they that's go hard. true. That's true. So off the top of my head, we had Brits, Aussies, Frenchmen. We had uh, a couple people from Switzerland. We obviously had Americans. We had Canadians. So, you know, the Free Trail Pro community is also quite international, which makes us all super proud and happy. Anyway, thanks for the plug for that, Katie. Go go check out Free Trail Pro at freetrail.com. Moving on to CCC, let's talk about some of the action that's going to be taking place tomorrow morning. I think it starts at 9 a.m. local time. Maybe Harmony can fact check me on that. And of course, there will be a live stream broadcast. And we should say that Corinne Malcolm and Martin Geffury are on the call here this morning for OCC. And I think they'll be on the call again tomorrow morning for CCC2 and CCC, of course, the world final for the 100K distance. And it has really become one of the most competitive races in the world. Again, another thing that makes UTMB so fun that in the course of 48 hours, you have three of the most competitive races across three distinct distances, all in the same location, which makes our job so incredibly fun. One thing I'd love to have you talk about, though, Katie, is that this is the first time that CCC will have golden tickets attached to it. As our resident Western States superstar, any comments on the the golden ticket chase at CCC? I think it's brilliant. I love the change. I think that CCC to Western States is much more comparable than UTMB. Um, But still, man, (laughs) CCC is a lot of climbs. You still have to be a mountain athlete. And we'll get to this. But, I mean, 
I think the strength and the speed it takes to do well at CCC really translates well to Western states. And um, I think that you have to have a lot of grit and that fatigue resistance that runners always talk about. I mean, this is the epitome of that. And I think if you do well at CCC, you can do well at Western states. And I'm really excited that it's a golden ticket race. So that fatigue resistance thing came up twice yesterday. I don't think I'd ever heard of this concept or phenomenon, but your coach, David Roche, brought it up. Because we did a fun like probably that's probably why it's in my head because I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hear it yeah. all the time from them. Um, but then Petter Engdahl mentioned it too, oh, and funny. I was like, "What is this fatigue resistance thing? It's like the new hot thing in sports science, or what?" <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think it's hard because it's one of those like uh, you can't really put science on it, right? It's almost this like qualitative idea that someone can be like succeed well in these long distances, right? And be able to pace themselves, but be able to like still be just as strong at the end. Maybe not just as strong, but pretty pretty strong at the end. And I mean, all of us, that's our goal. And how do we increase our fatigue resistance, right? But um, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's some of us that, uh, like that is, that is our goal. Yeah. And um, anyway, so, so yeah, I think that's what yeah, we're talking about. Thanks for adding some context there. I'll expand on it a little bit here because it's definitely going to be relevant to our preview of the men's race because David brought it up in relationship to Drew Holman. So maybe we'll start there. But before we do, I just want to give the audience a little bit of an idea of what the runners will confront during CCC tomorrow. So I've got the GPX file again uploaded into the Strava Root Builder. And according to this data, it looks like CCC tomorrow will measure at about 61 miles, 61 and a quarter, with a total elevation gain and loss of 20,000 feet in 100 kilometers. So it is a monster of 100K. Though it is pretty non technical. Maybe, Madge, you can comment on the underfoot conditions on the TMB route because obviously we are in a majorly mountainous environment, but if you compare it to something like hard rock, for example, it's less technical. Yeah. You know, those trails that the CCC runs on, um, the majority of it are on the actual TMB hiking route. And so they are, they are really well worn and they've been, you know, they've been walked on for by tens of thousands of hikers this whole, this whole season so far. Tens of thousands might be a bit much, maybe thousands. <laughs> but uh, so like the thing is with that is like, yeah, there are small sections when you get into the, the forest and you get into the woods, getting closer to town that, yeah, it does get a bit steeper. The pitch is a bit steeper, gets a little bit more technical with roots and rocks. But for the vast majority of it, it is it is pretty smooth kind of. Nice trails, yeah. You'd say they're almost a little little American in some yeah. in some places. So it's like, but you do you do get um, you do get those instances where there are technical sections, and if a runner can get over those seamlessly and and you know not have to muck around too much, then that's a that's a, obviously going to be a huge positive thing for yeah. their race. Um, but yeah, it's a like you said, like if you look at the stats on it. Obviously, um, it's a, it's fast in in some regards, yeah. you know, like and so that suggests that when you can move on the trail, you can really move, and yeah. so it's not going to be that technical. So yeah, and it's almost like softer ground too. Western mm. states is sort of like dusty California, non technical single track. This is more like moister but softer earth around. 
UTMB and just from my own memories of racing on the course, the technical sections are especially concentrated in the descents in the last third of the race, which does make it difficult, you know, dropping down into Trient, I recall, is a pretty mm-hmm. technical stretch, dropping into Valarcine also. So it's not totally smooth, obviously. There's 30,000 feet of climbing and descending in UTMB, 20,000 in CCC. But so, you know, the terrain is very steep, mountainous terrain, but pretty, you know, pretty uh, non-technical underfoot. So just And you're in, in the light, and you're in the daylight yep. compared to UTMB, right? Yep. For most of the day, yep. you're running at night. Yeah. Um, so bringing it back to this fatigue resistance thing and, and uh, you know, how it might apply to tomorrow's race. Again, David brought it up in relationship to Drew Holman, who's another swap athlete, like... Uh, Katie Asmuth. So maybe Katie, we can use that as an opportunity to tee you up for some of the the men's favorites that you're looking at in CCC tomorrow. I think there's something like I think it's second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and ninth. Double check me on that. But I, there is a I think six men from last year's top ten at CCC coming back this year, which is very different than the women's CCC. And I. I think that's really exciting because I think it's going to be a stacked, like these people know this course and the men and are very experienced and veterans on it. And I I think that that really is going to just add another level of competition and uh, confidence that these men are going to go out hot is my prediction. It's going to be perfect weather like we talked about um the conditions are it's been like moist and kind of like rain we've had rain i think the trails are going to be now dry but have had that moisture it's going to lock that in i think the trails are going to be even you know smoother maybe than than has been in the past even in that way i think it's i think it's going to be fast conditions um again back to what we talked about with worlds and ccc i think you have to be able to be fast and to have the mountain legs. So I think if you did well at Worlds and you have a running a fast like turnover background, then I think this is the race for you. Um, so, I mean, we got to talk about Drew Holman yeah. because he's our man yeah. and we love Drew. I'm going for a podium, Drew. You got this. I'm so excited for him. But, I mean, we look at his Lake Sonoma and what he did there. Um, absolute crushed. And then to be able to get sixth at Worlds. Sixth? Fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah. I was like, wait, yeah. Fifth at Worlds. Yeah, Zach got sixth. Um, fifth at Worlds. And, I mean, I just think that that combination is really going to set you up perfectly for CCC. Yeah. So. so maybe before we talk about more of the men's characters, you did bring up that we expect it to be fast conditions, and we also have talked about Petter a couple of times here. So maybe just reminding our audience about the two course records that we saw last year, and maybe we could speculate as to whether or not they may be in play. Of course, CCC is one of the most competitive races in the world. You need that density of competition in order to challenge these types of course records. Petter Engdahl shocked the world last year, raced out of his mind, super aggressive off the start. We were all expecting him to fade. And he just continued to build momentum all the way back to Chamonix, where he finished in nine hours and 53 minutes. Sick, sick fast. It wasn't that long ago that CCC was like an 11 and a half hour race. It's now under a 10 hour race. It's insane. I mean, that's level of advancement in the sport in just five or six years is sick. Of course, Blandine Lehirondel also broke a 
long-standing course record that was held by Mao Yao. She finished in 11 hours and 40 minutes. Blandine's time would have won many of the men's races, you know, five or six years ago. Again, crazy, crazy, crazy. Blandine has stepping up to UTMB. So is Petter Engdahl. They vacate that defending champion throne. There will be new CCC champions here today. Maybe if there's anything you want to add to what I just said, especially having a personal relationship with with Petter uh, before we go into some of the other favorites. Yeah, I mean, well, quickly, I think Petter's my tip for UTMB anyway. But uh, yeah, like, and I think, like you said, Dylan, the temperatures out there this weekend are just going to be another added factor to what you were saying, Katie. Like, if the conditions are good on the ground and then that uh, that weather stays as cool as it predicts, then that's going to just be like a game changer again. Yeah. And with John Alban, he's racing, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last year's second place runner who yeah. would have broken the course record. Yeah. Again, right? So he's like, wow, it's going to be awesome to see what he can pull out of the bag. And especially if he's got some people hot on his heels pushing him. Like, yeah, who knows what will go down. But, uh, yeah, I think the biggest factor is going to be that that uh, weather, like cool conditions, is going to allow everyone to just get on with the job and, and not have to worry about, you know, what you have to at things like Western States where you're, you know, putting ice in every cra- cavity you can. And, yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a big thing. Yeah. So last year, second, third, fourth place was Jonathan Albin, Andreas Reiterer, and Shen Jin Shen. Mm-hmm. All three of them are back. So maybe we could talk about each of them individually. John Albin consummate professional super strong consistent runner also an obstacle course racing world champion british guy who lives in norway andreas Reiterer, also one of the most consistent performers especially at about this 100k tight distance he was second at the world championship i think mm-hmm. uh, in thailand right yeah second after yeah after leading for like at, yeah at austria in austria um and i think he did do really well in thailand i think he got third um, but he was leading like the whole race in Austria until like I think almost the final climb and then he got overtaken so he's like you were saying Katie he's like he's he will be so ready for this kind of condition and, and this race he's obviously a mountain guru um, and then yeah and I think uh, it's yeah I mean you look at those those three guys um, and then Shen oh, yeah. Chinese yeah. athlete who just finished fourth place at UTMB running, yeah. I'm sorry, excuse me, States. Western States. Western, yeah. And he was fourth place. last year at CCC yep. and he's been in Europe training since States. Yep. Yeah, right. So he is very dedicated to this race and I love that he has the, the experience on the course coming off that speed of States and now being able to get back to the mountains. I'm, yeah, I think he's going to do really well. Yeah. He's definitely got the confidence going into this race too. Yeah. So, just to tick through some other characters here, and feel free to pause me and add color for each or any of these characters, but some of the people who are sort of on my fantasy list, Thibaut Baronian, great uh, athlete, younger guy who has really excelled in the Golden Trail World Series, our guy Dakota Jones. we got a bunch of great Americans. Eric LaPuma is an athlete who I think is really going to surprise some people and make his mark. I don't think he's surprising anyone. Right. I mean, this guy is so consistent. If you're not betting on Eric LaPuma, I mean, you've got your fantasy in the wrong order. Just saying. Yes. Yeah, so. he's showed up at the last few world championships. Yeah. Like, he's, a, he's right on it. Hey? And back now to he's back got seven Adidas places. behind him, yep. right? And so, now he's which got is a real cool. pro contract and... 
the real support that he deserves behind him. Yeah. One thing I think is remarkable about, about Eric is that he lives in Vermont. He lives on the east coast of the U.S. Really difficult to train for that world championship course in Austria from the green mountains of Vermont. You know, and to be able to perform at that level on that stage against mountain people while you live on the east coast is really impressive. So I don't know exactly how his training has progressed since then, but I'm assuming he's showing up here really fit and ready. And I'm curious if Drew and Eric are going to run together. Yep. Like, I'm curious, because that's what they did at Worlds, right? Like, they worked together, and, uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm hoping they do. I think that they could really feed off each other. You got Seth Ruling, another American in the field, John Ray, obviously Drew Holman. I think Drew is really, you know, he's poised to have a fantastic one, and we're all certainly rooting for him. He's a good friend of all of ours. Some... People are some names that maybe our, our American listeners may be lesser familiar with. Andreo Simon, a uh, Spanish athlete, he's a really great performer. He ran Trans Gran Canaria, won that this year, earlier in the season. So he's going to be a factor. In the he was race. sixth last year. Sixth here. last year, yeah. And then uh, Peter Frano, uh, I think Slovakian, he was third or fourth at, the world, at the world Champs. Third at World Champs. Third at the World Champs, and a young kid. He's a ski mountaineering national champion for his home country. So he's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, younger addition to the field coming off a podium finish at the World Champs, but, you know, still making a name for himself as a trail runner. And he was fifth last year. So I'm just at, at CCC. So I just, I, to reiterate, the amount of experience that we have, six of the top 10 from the men's CCC last year are going to be here. I mean, these, all of these guys are going out to win it, and I think it's really exciting. Yep. Yeah. Um, any other comments on the, on the men's race tomorrow? I mean, just the, the fact, and it's the same with the men and the female and the same with the OCC and every race here, is like you can read down that list to number 30 and I think there will be people in in every other country that will go oh that's that's my guy like that's that's my lady like that you know though there are so many people here that nationally are at the highest level um in their country and they're here and they they might be 30th on the list because of the the way the UTMB index works but they're just incredible athletes mm -hmm. right like you guys are, you know you, you, the United States has a has a bunch of those names right in the top 10 list but yeah like I, I look down the list um as an Australian and I see some of some of the guys that I know and I'm like whoa like he's unbelievable like just take Blake Hose for instance an incredible athlete um incredible person and he I don't know exactly where he is on that list but he, he I think he's like maybe you know top 20 or top 30 and I'm like he is incredible like he's been living out here in the valley for the past month and and excites me what someone like him can do I remember and when he yeah. was like 21 and he finished on the podium at Transvulcania yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, Aussie, you know, and now he's, he's, he's back, like good health, crushing it. And, and, you know, like he's, he's down that list, like, you know, like further than he's like outside of the top 15 for sure. And, and it's just like, but he's a beast and it excites me because you just, you just don't know who's going to have that, that race of, of their life or just have a really, really good day and, and get in that top 10. And then whammo, you've got another, another person to add to this list of incredible athletes that we can all relate to and, um, and help support through the sport. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just stoked to see like, 
the the person that isn't highlighted in the top 10 come through and, and have it have an awesome race and yeah yeah, yeah. it'll be great so we before we move to the women's race and ccc i just want to give a quick update here from occ and have you guys add any color that you'd like to but the favorites are now up over the top of the first climb in the men's race the women are expected there imminently so we'll check in on them here in just a second but to bring it to the men first, we've got a duo of Chinese athletes leading OCC right now. We've got Yushen Guan in first place, followed by Tao Lu in second place. Behind him, Stian Angermund, who's a OCC champion back in 2020, I believe. Robbie Simpson in fourth. Jeshren Small in fifth. Anthony Felber in sixth. Francesco Pupi in seventh. Nadir Magit in eighth. Bart in ninth. And Werner Marti in 10th as it stands now through Lagiette 19k into the race again when people listen to this the race will be over but one name maybe katie you could comment on jeshrin small young american guy out there putting his nose in the fight i love it yeah i mean it's kind of back to what you were saying right it's like when you don't you see you look at that top 10 people that you're not expecting to be in and then you see these we call them random ballers right the people that are showing up that you're like Wow, I mean, they're not random ballers. They've been working their tails off to get yeah. to this level, but that takes guts, right? And I love it. And who, when, no matter what happens, like this is going to be a memory that this guy has yeah. forever and is going to take him and bring him confidence and experience to the next races, you know? So I love that he's putting his nose in that. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Yeah, I met Ready him at the, at the Canyons by UTMB race in April. Free Trail was there doing some coverage commentary. And we were lucky to have him sit down for a little interview after a second place finish in the 50K and he, where he gave Hayden Hawks a, the fight for his life for that 50K yeah. win. And uh, Jetron, I think, lives in the very small town of Gunnison, Colorado. He was sort of developed in the Western State College trail and ultra running program there, which is started and founded by Josh Eberly, who's another longtime trail runner from Colorado. Anyway, just a cool story of somebody who developed in college, still super young, clearly here on the world stage, looking to make a name for himself after a great open to a season at the Canyons 50K, where he was second behind Hayden. So... Fun stuff. The women are not through Lagiette yet. The men are getting close to Trient, so we'll check back in on that here in a second. Katie, maybe tell us a little bit about what you're expecting in the women's race in CCC tomorrow. Sure. Can we do one more man? Yes. David Laney, what's going on? Oh, Dave Laney. Yeah, he was in here for a little convo are yesterday. Are we going to talk about not, him or no? I mean, the fact him. that he's going to CCC over UTMB yeah. after, what, four or five UTMBs? How many has he done? Four UTMBs. Four he's UTMBs. Arguably one of the top performing Americans ever here at UTMB with a third place and a fourth place. Only Tim Tollefson has been on the podium twice. Dave Laney's also got a 14th at UTMB. Last year he had a tough finish. Stepping down to CCC for the first time after four UTMBs, it'll be fun to see. Which again shows how exciting CCC is, right? That you have those top caliber athletes that have been running UTMB, all the emphasis on UTMB, and it's like, actually, I want to give it a go at CCC. I just, I love it. Anyway, so just wanted to give him a shout out. Yeah, he's been here for like a month too. So clearly taking it seriously and seems to be in great fitness and seems confident. So shout out to our boy, Dave Laney. Mm -hmm. The women. Oh my gosh. Where to start? Where to start? Seriously. Um, 
Oh, okay. So there's some wild cards. And uh, just like in any race, of course. And that's why we do this is because there's so many unknowns and it's so fun. Um, We have to say, Azara Garcia... I mean, so she's the top of the World Series score, um, Spanish woman who just either, I mean, she just shoots her shot. And I'm really excited to see what happens this year because in the last, like, 10 races, she's won seven and DNF three. Okay, So So she either wins or DNFs. So she goes hard. She's going to go for it. We know she's going to start out fast. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, I'm thinking about that lead pack and who's going to be in that lead pack when we first start. And I think it's going to be Azara, Ida Nilsson, and hopefully our girl, Helen, you know, Faulkner. Um, that's, that's who I'm rooting for. And I'm, I'm curious to see who holds on. I think that that, um, I think that Azara for sure is a wild card. Um, and We'll Helen's see. the wild card. Helen's the real Dude, wild no, card. Dude, no, she's not. She's so consistent. But she's going to dominate. She's 27 years old. She yeah. was 13th at CCC last year. She's won Broken Arrow and Speed Goat this year. Yeah. She's the and type that, of... And uh, that that Argentinian right. race. So for people like you and I, she's not a wild card. Right. But for the international trail fandom, many people who will be listening and watching to this, Helen, Red Cloud... Mino Faulkner, look her up on Instagram, Shred Monster. In fact, I picked her to win <laughs> in my fantasy. I think that's what's going to happen, too. Yeah. She's my winner. So Azara is going to go out hot, and then she's going to DNF. Ida's going to go out hot, and then she's going to fade, and then Helen's going to grab it. Oh, that's the great prediction, I think. That's so what I think is going to happen. We also were just talking before we went live here this morning that Helen just signed a major pro contract with Hoka, our great supporters of Good Morning Mont Blanc. And I think this is really important for her. 27 years old, entering the prime of her career, arguably, entering a new partnership with a brand who can help take her game to the next level. Any That's comments massive. on that? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, you know, I was under the impression that she was already sponsored when I saw her out at Broken Arrow. And then she, I read on the list. Was, but it was yeah. more of an ambassador thing. Right, okay. Yeah, cool, cool. And I, I did see on the on the list that you sent over the other night, um, that yeah, she had unsponsored. I was like, all oh, right, uh, but I mean, that's awesome. Like, yeah, give it, give it to the young up and comers. I mean, young. You know, she's twenty seven. She's obviously got a head on her shoulders. So, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Well, one of the things that maybe Katie you could talk about here too is like, it's such a big opportunity for a lot of these athletes, like Jeshrin, like Helena Faulkner, getting a podium performance. At this at this stage, like one of the world final races, can change your life as an athlete, and so that's why you know you will see some of these newer names who a lot of people will be unfamiliar with going for it, taking big swings because you're going to have to do that if you want your life to be changed. I mean, honestly, yeah. that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. why sign the Hoka contract before CCC? <laughs> I think Hoka got a deal. It's that's so what good. I think. I'm like, oh, come on. That was like her only move. You got to wait till after CCC. And, you know, I think that Helen really won't let that get to her head. I don't think that the pressure of having a new sponsor such as Hoka, at least that's the vibe I get from her. I, I mean, I've... 
I met her in 2020, she would know, when she ran Big Chief. She ran it against my friend, Alyssa St. Laurent, who uh, won the race, but Helen was like on her tails, I think like a minute behind her. Uh, they both were one, two overall in that race, this like small little 50K. My friend's like, who is this girl? She made me really like race my, for my life. And so we went up to her afterwards and she's like, the nicest, sweetest person. And I'm like, man, this girl's legit. Fast forward to her pacing Esther Schillag at Western States. The two of us are running third and fourth. We're running for a podium at Western States. It's the back 20 miles uh, you know, to get to the finish line. And Helen's making up lies, saying that Eden Nilsson, Emily Hoggood no are right way. behind <laughs> us. She's like getting text messages on her phone. Guys, they're two minutes behind you. We got to pick it up. And so it's Helen, Esther's pace there, myself, and we're just like, we're scared for our lives. We think yeah. that the chase group is fresh behind us. Helen's totally making up lies. They were like eight minutes back, 10 minutes back, 12 minutes back. She's telling us they're right. I see their headlamps, right? So Brilliant. this girl has got, she, she's got the fire. She's got the spunk. She definitely has grit. And she just loves the game. I think yeah. she has fun with it. Um, and I think she just really enjoys it. I think she just, I think she's all in. I, I think she's a lifer. I get the same impression too. Yeah. And as a 27 year old, she sat on the couch and I was like, are you willing to just like say what your goals are? And she's like, you know, honestly, I think I have like really unrealistic goals. Like I really want to try and win. I was like, yes, so like that's good. what it takes, you know, irrational yeah. confidence. Yeah. But I think it's rational. I yeah. think she's good. So we've got a few women through Lagiette, but let's wait until we get a few more uh, in OCC. Tell us, a, um, before we give the updates from OCC, tell us a little bit more about some of the female favorites in CCC tomorrow. Jeez, so you're looking you don't at me. Sorry, list in front of you. I don't have the list in front of me. But again, like you look at that list, and it is—it's just—it's oh, incredible. They—they they really have. I'm—I'm I'm, the people behind the UTMB World Series would be sitting there right now, going, "We're, we're getting there." Like yeah. we are, have mm -hmm. just pulled such an incredible field of athletes in all of our races. Like this is really happening, and yeah. I think to the to the point at which they they want because. Like, you look at this list and you're just like, whoa. Like, you look at all these people and you're like, like, even Emily Horgood, like, straight away, South African. And you're just like, and she's got so much potential here. Look at what she's done at Western States over the last few years. And UTMB. And, UTMB. and you're just like, at UTMB. you know, and you're just like, again, like, to speak to what you were saying, Katie, experience out here, like, knows what's going on. I'm not sure how long she would have been out here for, probably a while, like because they've had the Adidas house out here for, for a good bit. So she might have been out here training consistently. And it's just like you just go down this list and it's like it is crazy. Yeah. You're just like it's just and then and then you look at some of the mm -hmm. French runners, the yeah. French runners in this in this field that have also represented their country, yeah. which is just like incredible. And the names that pop up from the world championships um it's just it's just it's just incredible um one person um and i don't rosanna from germany rosanna yeah. bucker mm. like like she she's a beast like she's on my fantasy team she's on my Not third to brag. Mm -hmm. you know and like what she's done at the the last couple of world championships i think she's got top 10 at both of them mm -hmm. i think we yeah, have fifth in austria and i think eighth at um fifth also oh, at fifth Thailand. At both. Yeah. yeah and she forgot fifth that's fifth's her number i think she's gonna improve on it this it, year it's interesting because you know like if you think about the german professional ranks the french and the spaniards are i'm sorry the, if you look at the european professional ranks 
the germ I'm sorry, if you look at the European professional <laughs> ranks, the French and the Spaniards are what come to mind first. And now Germany's really ascending. We've got Hannes Namberger, one of the men's favorites in UTMB, who I think all of us are really excited to to see race as well in Rosanna and CCC. Yeah. It's really cool again to see this international improvement. Katie, do you know Alison Baca? I love Alison Baca. Um, she's a mom. She's also a swap athlete. And she absolutely dominated at Worlds this year. Crusher performance. But again, back to that speed. It's like Drew. I think Allison and Drew have similar strengths in the sense that, I mean, Drew definitely has, uh, you know, more big races under his belt. But Allison has... Got second at Lake Sonoma to Aaron Clark um, this year. And then got, what is she? It was sixth at Worlds. And, I mean, it shows that speed and strength. Having, getting sixth place at Worlds. Talk about a dark horse. Alison Baca, no one was expecting that. But I think David Roach was. Um, I was so excited to see. And just generally that mom strength, uh, you know, f- holler to the f- other mom's parents out there, really. It's But to, to see her absolutely dominate and take that confidence to the next level, I think going out strong was something I wasn't expecting out of Alison Baca. Um, going out hot and then keeping it, yeah. you know? Uh, back to the fatigue resistance. She's yeah. got it. I think this so is going to be a strong race for her. Yeah, yeah. And again, another one of those athletes who like, this is a great opportunity for her. A mom coming off a sixth place performance at Worlds. Nobody would have predicted she would have been the no. top American at Worlds, let alone, you know, be in the top 10 overall. Allison Baca arrives at the world stage there, and now she has a great chance to back it up here at 100K at CCC. Um, maybe mentioning just some of the other sort of fan favorites, and you guys can chime in with whatever you want to add here. Emily Forsberg back. Talk about mom category, mother of two. Is going to be racing for, um, you know, the under the normal flag here at uh, CCC. Emily Forsberg, uh, obviously one of the great champions of my generations for sure. Aaron Clark, I'm excited to see return to competition after winning at uh, Lake Sonoma earlier in the year, having to pull out of Worlds due to injury. But uh, and she was seventh here last year at yeah, CCC. Yeah. yeah so. Um, I think she's a bit of a wild card in the sense we don't know what Aaron Clark is showing up. I really hope it's a strong one and that Achilles isn't bothering her. Um, but, you know, as we know, she had to drop out of uh, Worlds, which actually gave Emily Schmitz an opportunity to run for us and got seventh place at Worlds. So, uh, yeah, I think that, I think Aaron, um, we don't know. She just got 32nd at Sears and All, uh, and which is awesome that she was putting herself out there in a really short, unfamiliar course and just throwing herself into the mountains for some experience. But, uh, yeah, I don't know where, where she's at. I think, um, I did look at her Strava and she's been putting in some like big weeks. Uh, one in particular was like a really huge week, uh, with like 30 K of climbing, um, 19 hour week. So, I mean, obviously she's got the fitness, um, and hopefully she's her, her injuries at bay and she's doing all right. So, so just another few names, especially for the American contingent who I know we're all going to be rooting for Addie Bracey here at CCC, Hannah Allgood, one of our favorites, uh, co-host of trail running radio with our guy, Ryan Thrower, who's behind the camera right now. Hannah Allgood had a disappointing one here at CCC by her standards, um, but she is back. With the 14th place. 14th, solid. She's at just her debut Helen. CCC. Just behind Helen. Yeah. Last year. 
experience, yeah, experience on the course now, both her and Helen, I think, are in that category of like, they're ready to break into the international superstardom. So Hannah Allgood, keep your eye out for her. We got Tara Fraga in the field here this weekend. Elsie Davis, I'm excited to race, a, a British athlete. Uh, Yuri Yoshizumi from Japan, she's always really solid. Um, anyway, we could go Priscilla Forgi. Priscilla, really interesting character. Mm-hmm. I think um, maybe just to go back to the course and uh, course profile and what makes CCC unique and difficult, it starts with just an absolute monster of almost a vertical mile climb, just a beast of a climb that remembering back to last year, Petter Engdahl just absolutely shredded. Uh, but then after that big climb, you have a lot of runnable terrain between, uh, you know, the Refugio Berton, the first aid station, all the way to Arnuva. That's probably a 10-mile stretch. Then you have the big climb up the Grand Col Foray, but then you get another half marathon of, like, ripping fast, gentle downhill. That's the first 50K. The back half is a freaking monster. So one of the things that I think makes UTME and CCC difficult is that it can be a speed trap. The early part is a lot harder than the later part. So that's why in UTMB especially, we see a ton of explosions around that Champé-Lac area. Any comments on the course, how it sets up? Well, I mean, I don't know if anyone's been out to Cormier who's watching, but if you, if you do go place yourself in Cormier, you just look up and you're like, how would you get out of this town if it flooded? <laughs> and there's nothing but walls and mountains around you. It's so dramatic. And it's, all, it's like Chamonix is dramatic, but when you go to Cormier, you're just like, whoa, what is going on here? And like you said, Dylan, like that first climb, it's just, yeah, you just go up one of those walls, mountains out of town. And, uh, and then, yeah, it, and the other tough thing about that is that you start in town and quite quickly on you you get funneled into a single track and there's this like little bit of a race within the race to to make sure you get yourself a pretty good position to to get yourself on that first section of single track in in a place where you're not like bottleneck and 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 single um, file lined up there so I think that's one thing that people will be um, aware of and and conscious of. And then, um, and then, yeah, how do you manage that effort in that first climb so that you don't overcook it and, and then you like have the ability to, to, to use the, you know, use what you've got and your leg speed over that section, like you said, from Batone all the way along that traverse down to Anuva and then, yeah, then, like you said, Dylan, you've got those walls, those three walls at the end there. So, you like, the the climb up from Champay and then the climb up from Triant and then the the climb, which has been changed a little bit from Valacine. Um, That's still very tough. Yeah, it's yeah. still going to be I like... I honestly think it may be slower than the traditional Tetevant climb. Mm, I mean, it's, yeah, because you do have a small one and then you go down a little bit and then you've got Super another one. So it's like there on that. Yeah. short downhill so it's yeah it's that's yeah i mean it's it's changed but it's uh it's just yeah like you said it could be could be even tougher for some people so okay so we got camera on a leader here again who i'm assuming is one of our chinese athletes here i'll get his name in just a second because it's escaping me but we do have a lot of great updates from the women's race and then we can start to wind down today's show so just quickly here Going through the top 10 women at Lajiet, this is again 19 kilometers into the race. Uh, we are at about an hour and 50 elapsed. So again, when people are hearing this, this is going to be very much 
in history and the race will already be determined, but maybe we can just comment on how things are evolving so far in the women's race. Mao Yao in first. So we've got a pair of Chinese athletes leading both the men's and women's races. Tony McCann in second, South African. Ali Mack in third. Katie Scheid in fourth. Nuria Jill in fifth. Rachel Drake in sixth. Jen Lichter in seventh. Daniela Omis in eighth, Caitlin Fielder in ninth, and Kate Avery from Great Britain in tenth. So just to give some splits here, Mao Yao, who we know to race aggressively, has about a minute and 30 second lead here at the top of the first climb. Ali Mack is, yeah, just right there. It looks like Ali Mack and Tony McCann are running together. Katie Scheid, four minutes back of Mao Yao right now. So top 10 women. I mean, Mao Yao has a 10-minute lead over 10th place right now, so she's off Everybody's the races. tight, though. That's oh. tight. Um, we have to remember that she won in 2018, Mao Yao. And, but she CCC. Was, she yeah. won, yeah. CCC. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah, racing right, OCC. Not OCC. Yeah. But now she also has, I mean, we think of her as more of like a 100K, 100-mile distance athlete, so it is really exciting to see her running this shorter distance. But then she just, I think it was fourth at, I wrote it, Sears and all, and then uh, was second at Mount Blanc Marathon. Yeah. So, so she's, she's been racing the Golden Trail. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's been focusing on the shorter distance. So it's really exciting to see. Yeah. Super, super interesting. Any uh, closing thoughts as we sort of approach the end of the show here today? Madge, why don't we talk a little bit about your UTMB coming up? Are you feeling confident in your fitness? Are you, uh, do you have any special strategies, goals, race plans you want to share with the audience? You know, like, uh, I'm just... I'm just so excited to be able to get out there and, and just experience this loop again. Yeah. I know it's like, it's probably, yeah, no, it's not like Helen's like naming off the arduous goals and, and, and all of that. But, uh, you know, it's incredible to be able to come back here and just have this opportunity. And I think like for me on a personal note, this, I got an entry for this for 2020 right and then the world did what it did and we all went through the pandemic and and this was the last year that we were allowed to use that 2020 spot so yeah it's just been it's been an incredible few years for everyone in the world and to be able to come back here and to be able to be with everyone again and and hang out and and be able to have this opportunity to run is is huge and i think in all honesty it's like the the most important thing is to, to get out there and have a good crack and you know, like this race is just going to be so incredible to watch as a as someone who's not being a part of it. And yeah. I think like I'm excited for everyone watching this thing go down yeah. as much as anyone who's going to be a part of the race. And I think that's so awesome for the sport, right? Like who's people, are, for you? people are in. I've got uh, I've got good old Robbie Robbie B um, Robbie Britton helping us out. I'm I'm a little he didn't make it home last night, so I'm a little <laughs> bit unsure if he's going to turn up at any aid station. <laughs> He messaged me, yeah, he was like, oh, no, dude, I found a pull-out couch, so I'm just going to stay here. So I don't know if he's going to turn up. I, he's been he's been a man of mystery this past week, so we'll see. Um, but I heard the aid stations of Back to packed. college yeah. dorm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun, fun story for our, our listeners here. Myself and Robbie Britton were scheduled to bunk together at the 2015 Tarawera Ultramarathon in New Zealand and Robbie who I had never met before we meet at like sort of the opening kind of welcome party at Paul's house the race director and Robbie's like hey mate do you do you care if uh, if my, my buddy from Australia sort of stays with us too I was like yeah no no worries 
Madge, Robbie, and I are crammed into this little like <laughs> hotel room at Tarawera. I end up winning the race that year. Madge helps to crew for both of us. And we've all been dear friends ever since. Yeah, and, unreal. And Madge texts me every time I race. He texts me, no anxious. Do you want to tell the people about the no anxious story? Yeah, I, we were out in Japan at Ultra Trail Mount Fuji back in 2018. And you know, the Japanese, it's so awesome to have the Japanese, such a, a big part of this sport as well. Um, this why well, he's like some Japanese sensei he comes up to Dylan the day before the race and he just says, no anxious son. <laughs> and he hands him this little like this some he hands like you a little memento, a little yeah. like, Japanese token of respect, basically. And it just like completely calmed us for like the next 48 hours and then Dylan goes on and, and runs this race the whole time he's like behind Pal Capel who's gone out like guns blazing like he always does and the very last aid station Pal Capel's in there and he's like jamming ham and cheese down and he's just looking bad Dylan comes in 10 minutes later into the last aid station of Ultra Trail Mount Fuji 100 miler and he, he gets in and gets out and he's running out of the aid station. Oh my like, man, no anxious son, no anxious. And up this climb, Dylan ends up catching Pau Capel, overtakes him with like four miles to go in the race and just blazes home, wins UTMF and yeah, no anxious son. It's just, <laughs> it's the Not thing. Blessed. So just for our yeah. listeners here, Madge has been a very important character in my life and my career. He's crewed, more, crewed for me four times, twice at Terra once at Ultra Trail Australia, once at UTMF, all four races I won. So In style, I love in you, style. Buddy. I love you so much. Um, and I wish you nothing but the best in your UTMB. Yeah, thanks, man. It's going to be fun. Um, we have some some more updates real quick before we sign up. The The lead men are through Triant, and I think it's worth mentioning here because the top 10 men are separated by less than four minutes at this point. So we still have the <laughs> Chinese duo Yusheng Guan and Tao Lu in first and second, Nadir Maget, Italian in third, Stian Angermoon, Norwegian in fourth, Robbie Simpson, the Brit in fifth, Anthony Felber, uh, in sixth, Frenchman, Jeshrin Small, American in seventh, Bart, whose last name I cannot pronounce, Polish athlete in eighth, Francesco Pupi, Italian in ninth, and Guang Fu Meng, another Chinese athlete in 10th place. So three Chinese athletes in the top 10 and all 10 separated by less than four minutes. So it's a very, very tight race here at OCC, which is not surprising. Kitty, any closing remarks from you? I think um, for me, it's about the that you've already won just getting to the start line. I mean, really, for all of these athletes that are showing up, I think just you've put in all of the effort and all of the training and all of the excitement and the logistics and the Gosh, everything that takes to get to a start line and to be able to show up healthy is half the battle, really. And um, I just am giving all of you uh, just so much energy. I, you know, I'm really feeling for Danny Moreno right now. We haven't mentioned her name uh, yet. This, but you know, I'm I'm really feeling for her. She's coming back, to, you know, to OCC. She's racing now, but um, last year she was had a breakout performance at third at OCC and. Uh, we were texting t this week and she was just saying she wasn't feeling well. She had a stomach bug and she wasn't feeling great. And, you know, that's the sort of thing that's like 
but she's like, but I'm going to show up and be grateful that I'm here, you know? So maybe she's not her best self, but she's still here. She has the support of her, her team. And I, I just think that that's the sort of energy we all need to go in to, to this sport, really, is just being grateful for what we have. Um, maybe we're not always showing up as our best selves, but we can show up as our best selves that day, you know? And um, remembering and having the gratitude of the, the community that brought you there and the family that we all are uh, for each other is just something to, to just hold on tight. And um, yeah, I think, you know, trail culture is at its best and uh, when we're all happy together. So Amen. There we go. Trail culture. So uh, good. And uh, thanks for mentioning Danny, just to give our audience a little bit of context of what we have coming up before we sign off today. Danny Moreno and MK Sullivan will be in here tomorrow with Francesco Pupi. All three of them are out on the OCC race course right now. So we're going to do a deep dive recap of OCC with all three of them tomorrow. And then they'll help me preview the UTMB field that's going to be on tomorrow morning show we have tom evans and uh tim tollefson coming in for pre-race interviews here this morning so we got plenty more content coming at you before we sign off a few things to remind you of go play fantasy trail running you have less than 24 hours to get your picks in for ccc not much more than that for utmb and we have amazing prize packages on the line. A head-to-toe kit from Hoka, including the Stinson 7 new trail shoe from Hoka. Uh, we also have Zephyr packs from Camelback. So if you are a great predictor of the results here at the UTMB races, you will be going home with a fully new wardrobe of uh, trail running gear. So a big thanks to our sponsors for providing that again visit fantasy.freetrail.com pick 10 deep for both the men's and women's races of ccc and utmb uh yeah and again finally a big thanks to our sponsors hoka and camelback for making our content efforts possible here at utmb this year again check out the stinson 7 from hoka great road to trail shoe that you can take from the heart of chamonix all the way up to the top of the Brabant and beyond and of course, the Zephyr packs from Camelback. And a reminder, if you're in Chamonix, come see us tonight at the Hoka, I'm sorry, at the Camelback event. It's going to be at the Hotel Fully Deuce. Myself, Ryan, Harmony will all be there. Maybe we can convince at least Katie to come. Madge is going to be resting up for his UTMB. Uh, but from 6 to 8 p.m., there's going to be some panel discussions, an open bar, previewing some new product and stuff. So we'll be there tonight. We hope to see you there. For Katie Asmuth, Mile Backhausen. Have an awesome Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers.